0: Are you ready for the end of the world? This is Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Your Community Spirit coming at you on Your Community Radio, 91.1 FM. My name is Treesong, and we have a caller with us on the line.
1: Good day, this is Orr.
0: Good day. Glad you're able to join us today.
1: Yeah. (laughs) It's just like... So you've been being deluged with rain, it seems like, huh?
0: Yeah, we have. Just today, just now, it is sunny out, but we have over the past few days. It's still a little chilly because of all that rain. Uh, it's strange late May being chilly, but that's how it's been. I don't imagine you've been chilly there, have you?
1: Um, Yeah, we just got hit by, like, we're, we're hitting the beginning of hurricane season, so.
0: Oh, okay, oh yeah, that's get, right.
1: Get a lot of rain. It's like, it's like someone opened up a gusher and just, like, dumped, you know, a wave of rain that's what happened yesterday so <laughs> yeah but
0: well this is probably your first time being there during hurricane season isn't
1: it um i was here last september which was the end of it but oh,
0: okay
1: i'm really worried about the fact that this whole island's going to disappear because of the water levels going up when they got hit by um hurricane ivan mm-hmm. Few years ago, um, more than three quarters of the island was under three foot of water. Wow! And so now we're starting to get the you know the glaciers are melting and raising the sea level. So um, I would say the majority of this island is only you know a few feet above sea level. Yeah, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, I haven't checked. I'll Um, have to next time I'm online. I'll have to check the the projections for. Cayman Islands, but uh, I know, yeah, this story... I've actually... I knew we had to mention this one, but I have heard this one discussed even a little bit in the mainstream media, so... You you know it's big news when even the mainstream media is talking about it. (laughs) So, melt of key Antarctic glaciers is unstoppable, studies find. Sea level rise estimates are going to need to be revised upward. portion of the West Antarctic ice sheet that is home to some of the fastest-flowing glaciers on the continent, appears to have entered a state of retreat and melts that is unstoppable. Two new studies have found. Quote, It has passed the point of no return, said Eric Rigno, lead author on one of the studies and a glaciologist at the University of California, Irvine, and NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Now, the West Antarctic... Ice sheet has been of concern to climate scientists because it contains enough ice to add 13, 10 to 13 feet to global sea levels rise were it all to melt. Now, I mean, in in some of the good news, it, it isn't for glaciers, you know, collapse and immediate and all of that. It's a longer term. It's not happening like today. We're not going to today have sea rise 13 feet, <laughs> but within the foreseeable future the mechanism is in place now that there's no turning back. It's just started melting and about as fast as glaciers can melt it's melting off and going off into the ocean. One one important point at the end here, they they have a very wide range from when they think it's going to be completely melted from two hundred to one thousand years for the entire thing to go into the ocean. Um and that, one of the major factors in that wide range is human action, you know. If we take action now on climate change and reduce our emissions and it doesn't get much hotter, then, you know, maybe we'll have a thousand years to, for all of the ice caps to melt. <laughs> but, uh, if, if we keep on our current course, maybe a lot quicker.
1: Should I laugh or cry at this next one?
0: (laughs) I think a little bit of both.
1: (laughs) Hector the Lump of Coal will make you Miss Barney. (laughs) Remember when the worst offense of a kid's mascot was a fetishly catchy tune? Well, those simple days are over, my friend. Meet Hector the Lump of Coal, the copyrighted spokes rock of Australia's Bay Coal Terminal. On his weekly... That's right, weekly television show. Hector encourages kids to brush their teeth, avoid bullying, and walk instead of driving. Well, at least until we get those coal-powered cars going. (laughs) Um, The Bay Coal Terminal would likely say Hector is just part of them being a good corporate community citizen. But, of course, that's hogwash. The company is obviously trying to put a friendly face to coal. Hiding the dirty energy ills behind recipes for chocolate coal crackles. (laughs) Um, The Coal Bay Terminal is actually one of the biggest coal ports in the world. They exported more than 60 million tons of coal last year. But don't think about that. Don't think about that. Focus on this fun Hector. Remember her, Hector? Hector's the lump of coal. Hmm. focus on all this fun Hector um, on this let's see you can get a Hector mask you can print on cut out make sure you and your kids wear it while coal trains go by it probably won't keep coal dust out but at least you'll look cute (laughs) a weekly radio show where Hector the coal lump is fun
0: yeah See, to me, that doesn't sound cute. That sounds scary. You know, like you could have that be your scary Halloween mask. here, <laughs> Hector the Coal Lump. like, And I came up, they mentioned Barney. You know, they made the comparison to Barney. I think I know what Hector the Coal Lump's theme song is. It's, I love coal. Coal loves me. will destroy humanity. <laughs> I think that's a
1: Sometimes you're a really funny tree song.
0: Sometimes. On, on a good day. <laughs> Not every day is a good day, but today, perhaps. All right, well, you know, that that's sort of a depressing story about Hector the Lump of Coal. Let's see if we can get into something a little positive Wait here. Wait a
1: second. That wasn't supposed to be depressing. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be upbeat and funny.
0: Yeah, it's upbeat and funny. It was supposed to be. I don't know. It was amusing. I have a dark sense of humor, so I found it entertaining. On some level, it's not entertaining that they're trying to... Teach little kids to like coal by having this cute little fun dancing coal figure. <laughs> but yeah, it is—it is kind of a funny story. And this—this this is a serious story, but it's got—depending on how you look at it, it's got a very positive outlook. Here's a question. I'll start you with a question. Would you like to save seventy-one trillion dollars? Uh, no. I, <laughs> if I had—if I had that much to save, I would be happy to save seven hundred seventy-one trillion dollars. Uh, It's hard for the human mind to even comprehend that number, you know. Like, imagine a a stack of dollar bills, it would probably go to the moon, I don't know. (laughs) But if you want to save $71 trillion, the way to do that is to end fossil fuel burning. High gas prices got you down? Your problems are a tiny fraction of those faced by our whole fossil fuel-addicted global society. A new report from the International Energy Agency considers the cost of remaining hooked on antiquated, polluting, and climate-changing energy sources. First, here's what might seem like the bad news from the report. It would cost the world $44 trillion to end our fossil fuel addiction by 2050 and switch to clean energy. Worse, this figure is $8 trillion higher than the IEA's last estimate, published two years ago. The costs have risen because we've delayed the process. But now the good news is we can save $115 trillion in fuel costs by 2050 if we move away from dirty energy, Now, some quick math will reveal that that makes a net savings of $71 Here's a good quote. Growing use of coal globally is overshadowing progress in renewable energy deployment, and the emissions intensity of the electric system has not changed in 20 years, despite some progress in some regions, said IEA Executive Director Maria van der Hoeven. A radical change, of course, at the global level is long overdue, Greenpeace also put out its own energy report on Monday, in concert with the International Renewable Energy Groups, the Energy Revolution Evolution Report, which is focused on the say U.S. Say it
1: again, three times fast.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure how to say it. It's got the R in parentheses, so it's like the Energy Evolution, but it's also a Revolution. Now, oh, this- <laughs> yeah, this is one that focuses on the U.S. They found that the U.S. could save six trillion by switching to renewables by 2050. That's compared with co- pursuing the unambitious fossil fuel-heavy energy mix forecast by the U.S. Energy Information Administration. So, yeah, I mean, this is, this is part of why this whole situation is a bit absur- absurd to me, that we as a planet could save $71 trillion if we ended fossil fuel use. I mean, we'd have to spend a little up along the way, but the net savings would be $71 trillion. And yet, currently, our our alleged leaders are not pursuing that. We may have to be our own leaders. I'm even thinking, too, like, if you think about it, there's 7 billion people on the planet, save 71 trillion dollars. I mean, it, that's not going to get distributed evenly. But if it got distributed evenly, you could just give everyone a thousand dollars, you know. That'd be pretty nice. No, wait, ten thousand dollars, even better. All right, so let's see. Oops. seem to have lost ore there for the moment. We may see if we can get him back if he calls in again. In the meantime, I will get to this next story. A whole lot of oil spilled in the U.S. in 2013. Now, I mean, this is another one of those reasons to consider our fossil fuel use. I mean, it's not just about the fact that we could save, <laughs> save $71 trillion. There's also the fact that there are consequences to our continued use. And this is one of them. Tip your 10-gallon hat to the gas and oil guys. The booming industry spilled 26 million gallons of oil, fracking fluid, fracking wastewater, and other toxic substances during 7,000 uh let's see yeah, 7,662 accidents in just 15 states last year. Now, that's, I, I wonder. I bet they focused on the most oil-heavy states. That's why it's only 15 states. But that means the number may be higher than that. Like, there was just a spill in L.A. that didn't make it into the, our articles here today. So, many of the spills were small, but their combined volume totaled more than 26 million gallons. That's the same volume as what gushed four years ago from BP's uh, ruptured Gulf of Mexico oil well in 11 days. Some of the increase may have come from changes in the reporting practices, but the number of spills and other mishaps rose even without the the uh, states that changed their reporting measures. Some of the biggest jumps were in the booming Bakken Shale in North Dakota. We've talked about that one. Which is already contending with flaring and urban woes in its once, sparse, <laughs> once sparsely populated western end. All right, I believe we're going to get Ora back on the air, so we will go to music for a moment. Until then. All right, and we are back. I believe we have Orr back on the air with us.
1: Can you? I think so.
0: Yeah, there you are.
1: (laughs) It's like, did you guys get a chance to talk about spilling oil?
0: We did. We got most of that one. Didn't quite get to the end of it yet.
1: How, How about designing a house with a $2 energy bill?
0: Yeah, let's get into that one. That's a good one. We haven't gotten to
1: yet. College students actually designed a home with $2 energy bills. This is not one of those fake $2 bills, but that's just how low their bill actually hit. A family home the a minuscule energy bill, yep. And thankfully, it's not just one solar panel attached to a shoebox. It's a group of students from three Syracuse, New York area colleges. They actually designed a home that racks up an average of a $2 in energy cost each month. And it's a 1925 square foot craftsman style beaut. Um, if you would like to actually receive a list of all the winners of the Energy Challenge, we have a whole list of them. It's online at homeinnovation.com, but it's a Department of Energy Challenge Home Student Design Competition. So, so literally three different students tied for the grand prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah. It's a two-story home, wheelchair accessible bathrooms, passive solar lighting and heating, a water heat pump connected to a solar thermal system. Um, the estimated construction cost is about 243000 and that the home would sell for about $322,000. You know, um, you yeah. can invest more money up front and. And with really low utility bills, not a bad trade-off, right?
0: Eh? Yeah, and one of the things—I mean, we can beam the image over the radio. Uh, there was an image I saw in the original article, where the house—the house that was in the winner—it it looked, you know, just like. I mean, I don't want to say like any other house. It looked, it looked nice. You know, it didn't. Some people think that in order to live a more ecological lifestyle, you've got to be, you know, strange or extreme. <laughs> but this was just a house that they designed with sensible principles, and it it looked really nice.
1: Yeah, I've come across you know a trend of people they you know call them zero energy homes, ZEB, or you know carbon neutral home, or um, you know there's the U.S. Green Building Council, their LEED energy program. Um, there's a lot of this trend of building a home that is energy efficient, and of course, no matter how energy efficient it is. It comes down to how people live with it. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're never home and you have everything shut off, of course you're going to have a lower bill. But if you're never home and you keep the house at a a really um, crazy temperature, you're still going to have a bill. So it has to do with um, partially how the place is built, but a big part is how we interact with it.
0: Yeah. And it's important to remember that because energy efficiency is one of the really important parts of uh, reducing our carbon footprint.
1: Today is Love a Tree Day and National Bike to Work Day.
0: Yeah, so you can bike to work and hug a tree along the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Is there any uh, bike to work events in Carbondale that you know of.
0: Um I don't have the information in front of me actually. I believe yeah. I believe there they, is but in they the...
1: usually have a uh, bike to work and then you um you know have lunch at the pavilion and they give out um prizes for the company that had the most bikers or the person who biked the farthest. And so that's usually lunchtime at the town square pavilion so.
0: Yeah. But
1: Alright, let's it's see It's also wear purple for peace day So.
0: Yeah, purple for peace day That's a good day
1: Let's see, if you combine them all You wear mm-hmm. purple for peace While you go love a tree That you bike to go hug that tree, right?
0: Yeah <laughs> That's funny, you know It's a little game people can play When they hear these holidays Is try to celebrate as many of them In one day as they can Okay, we also have coming up International Museum Day coming up on Sunday and No Dirty Dishes Day and Visit Your Relatives and, Day.
1: <laughs> and Visit Your Relatives Day. So if you could visit your relatives, wash their dishes, hmm. an international, uh, that doesn't work because hopefully your relatives don't live in a museum. But then you could go, everybody go to a museum, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, once the, all the dishes are clean, you know, it's like, oh, House looks really nice. We can go out and have some fun on the town. Let's go to the museum.
1: Tuesday is pick strawberries day, and be a millionaire day. Now we can all go for that. You know, you get to be a millionaire for a day if you pick enough strawberries, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, uh, here we go. I found. I did find some information about bike to work day. Uh, I can go ahead and get into some of that now. This could be our first happening. So yeah, they've been they're doing it again. City of Carbondale has been celebrating Bike to Work Week. They've already started celebrating uh, May 12th through May 16th. So they've been doing it during the week. Uh, three local events on Monday they had something. They had something on Wednesday, and today the 12th annual Bike to Work Luncheon at the Town Square Pavilion. See, even without being in town, you know what's going on. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, there's going to be lunch provided by the co-op. Prizes awarded to participants who travel the longest <laughs> distance, and for the organization that has the most people who ride their bike to work that day as well. So if you get all your coworkers to ride uh, over there to the pavilion, you might win a prize. That's pretty good. It's pretty cool. You know, it's encouraging biking to work. It's a fun community event. I'm glad they're doing that again this year. And I'm glad through the magic of the internet we were able to find that. <laughs>
1: Also at the Townscore Pavilion tonight from six to nine PM, it's the Carbondale Community Fair Friday Night Fair. Um, the Friday Night Fair is pretty cool. It's a free community event featuring locally grown produce, food court, handmade products, live music, and then they usually have you know a uh, um, kids area with kids fun. It's every Friday night in May and June at the Townscore Pavilion and. The so music tonight is
0: uh, Swamp Tigers. Hmm. Yeah, they were good. It sounds like a good time. And this is one, I've, I was reminded of this as I walked in the building today. It's the WDBX Community art Sale. That's coming up tomorrow on Saturday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. This Saturday is the first ever WDBX Community art Sale. It's going from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. tomorrow and will feature items ranging from vinyl records to clothing to... Uh, I can see some of it out through the window here, household goods, uh, shelves, <laughs> there's lamps. There's all sorts of goodies in there. And this is just the stuff that's already in the studio. There will also be community members who will have their own uh, spots as well at the yard sale, so they can have stuff too. So Yeah, I
1: mean, you'll find it hard to not walk away with something, and you'll get to interact with um, the DJs and the WDBX community. And then, of course, if the weather's nice enough, they'll bring out the mobile rig and play some music jams, right?
0: Yeah, so you could be jamming out on the street. You could be right there as they're playing the music that's getting broadcast over the air. It's pretty exciting times.
1: And just in case our listeners don't know, WDBX is at 224 North Washington, right downtown Carbondale.
0: Yeah, so now you can see where the magic happens. And maybe pick up a few items at the same time. I've already seen at least one thing out there I'd like. We'll see if it lasts until I wake up tomorrow. (laughs) I'm not usually an early riser, so early birds can beat me to it. All right, we also have coming up the Sierra Club Native Plant Sale. It's happening on Saturday from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Town Square Pavilion. Sierra Club Native Plant Sale features a large selection of plants native to southern Illinois. These are hardy, beautiful, pollinator-friendly and low maintenance. Most plants are priced at $3 to $5, or $3 to $6. They will have around 1,000 plants. Wow, 1,000 plants, many species, including perennial wildflowers, grasses, trees, shrubs, and vines for the shade and sun. There will also be plants for the rain gardens, and that's for moist and wet soil.
1: Also Saturday morning, Carbon Community Farmers Market is at the Carbondale Community High School from nine until noon. Um, basically, if you go over to the Carbondale Community High School on the north side every Saturday from noon up till noon, um, there'll be a lot of farmers. It's it's a place for the community to gather, meet the people who grow not only vegetables but the um, animals and. The fruit and all the different things. In the fall there was even pecans. Hmm. So it's
0: a good time. I love pecans and a lot of the other food they have there too. So Weekly Vigil for Peace and Justice. That's coming up on Saturday from noon to one PM at the Carbondale Town Square. It's at the corner of Illinois and Maine. They've been doing that since two thousand and one. That's pretty impressive. They're standing out there trying to draw attention to the cause of peace and justice.
1: And this is just a reminder that Hartwood is going to do their Forest Council next weekend, Friday, May 23rd through Monday, May 26th. The 2014 Hartwood Forest Council, A Climate of Extraction, will be held near Stone Fort in the heart of the Shawnee National Forest in southern Illinois. The weekend will focus on information giving, networking, and strategies for combating all types of resource extraction that threaten our forests, our water, our climate, and our communities. There's a really nice long list of presenters from a whole bunch of different organizations and Guess what else they'll have? Besides the presentations, the workshops, the panels, mm-hmm. there'll be field trips, music, merriment, and of course, food to fuel the bodies, minds, and spirits of folks who want to be active in our fight for the preservation of our cultural and natural heritage. Heartwood.org to register. It'll be next weekend. Yeah. Chance to get in the woods.
0: Yeah, it's great. It should be a great time on the woods. I've been to a hardwood forest council before. It is great because it's this combination of all the, you know, the music, the tours of local natural areas, plus learning about how to protect the Shawnee. It's just a good time out there. And it's next weekend, heartwood.org. You check it out and register. Well, it looks like we may actually finish on time today. <laughs> We got handed over us on time, so we finished on time, too.
1: There you go. I actually turned on a very small little solar system for the utility company here. It's just a little nine-panel system in the front yard. Mm-hmm. I turned that on, commissioned and turned it on after all the paperwork. I turned that on yesterday, so it made about five kilowatts of electricity yesterday. So <laughs>
0: well, That's cool.
1: That's more like a a month, month and a half of paperwork for me. So, Uh,
0: (laughs) but you got it done. So, and now there's more solar out there.
1: (laughs) Yep. So, will do. I'll see you again on the radio next week, hopefully.
0: Yes, next week we will see you then.